Well, that takes some guts. <laughs> oh, you know, it's real easy to sit in the seat and sing and sing at the house. And I've seen so many people when they got up in front of a few people, it was like, oh, and you freeze. I've done it a few times myself. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so glad to be with you guys today. So be able to uh, bring to you a message that uh, I hope that you'll take every bit of it and all that comes with it and you'll pack it up and you'll begin to use it. Even today that you'll begin to use it. It's, uh, it's a, um, a message about Pentecost. Now, you may have never heard a message on Pentecost. This is Pentecost Sunday. When I was growing up, I never really heard one. And if I did, well, I didn't pay attention. You ever been there? Amen. <laughs> I heard a little bit about it when I was an adult. But when you get in a tight spot, you might need some help. So why is Pentecost a big deal? I want you to think of the obstacles that get in front of you. And, I, and you can think about this word today and this message. And it can change the way that you think about things that come upon you things that you confront, things that are difficult to deal with. And you can use the power of Pentecost. Pentecost was established in the Old Testament. Back in Leviticus 23, it says this. And I will give you a little bit of background, but I want to get into really what Pentecost can do for you today. If you can really understand it and grab it. From the day after the Sabbath, that's Passover, the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, Count off seven full weeks, count off 50 days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath, and then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. Seven weeks, 50 days after the Passover, the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost was established. And this is important because Passover and Pentecost are linked together. you got Passover and Pentecost if you remember, Passover was when God's people were in Egypt. They were held captive for over 400 years. They were slaves in a foreign land. Have you ever been a slave? And they were subject to Pharaoh. Have you ever been subject to things in your life? And they were punished with hard labor as they were in captivity. And their male children, if you remember, were thrown into the Nile to drown and to die. The people, while they're in captivity, were not able to worship God like they wanted they were in a bad spot. Until Moses, and after nine plagues, told Pharaoh what was next. The plague of the death of the firstborn. The Hebrew people were told to bring a lamb into their house. And I hope you remember this story. And Moses instructed them about the details of the first Passover offering. On the tenth of this month, each one of you take a lamb from each parental home, a lamb for each household, and you'll take it and keep it for inspection until the 14th day of the month. And the entire congregation of the community of Israel shall slaughter it in the afternoon. Ancient lambs, lambs in ancient Israel were worshipped. Taking a lamb, the Egyptian's deity, into the homes for four days with the intention of slaughtering them and eating them, 
It was an act that was surely to be noticed by the Egyptians. It was extremely likely they would be infuriated. This act of courage and this standing up for their beliefs and the following of God's command in the face of death and destruction was merit for the Jews to be released and to be redeemed and redeemed there were. That Passover, the smearing of the blood on the doorpost and the little, the passing over of the people that were protected, that was their first step to freedom. And understanding this link between Passover and Pentecost and why Pentecost is so important is key in a successful life for all of us. It's key for us to understand what we can do and how we can do it with God's power. What's the big deal about Pentecost? It's power. Power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Passover, the freeing of the people from Israel, set up Pentecost. Who doesn't want power? Talked to a guy yesterday at a restaurant, walked out, and he had one of those uh, cars like uh, Steve McGarrett has on Hawaii Five O. But this one was blue. And it had this big hood thing coming out. And he cranked it up. I didn't have to see the engine to know that it was power. Mighty power. He didn't have to spin the tires. He was an older gentleman like me, so he wants to stay on the good side of the law and the good side of paying for stuff. But I can tell you, it would it was raw power. Who doesn't want power in our lives to combat the things that confront us, the things that confound us, the things that confuse us, the things that get in our way? Who doesn't want that power? Listen to what the prophet Joel said hundreds of years before Pentecost. Joel 2.28 said, And afterwards I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. I seem to be dreaming a lot. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. See, it's on men and women. It's on servants I'll show them the wonders in heaven and on earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. And Joel goes on to say, and everyone, not just some, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance as the Lord has said. You see, Joel is saying not just a few of us are going to get this. He says, all of us, everyone, that's me, that's you, everyone that calls on the name of the Lord. This is just too simple, huh? Everyone that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And Joel says that God will pour out his spirit. The Bible talks about pouring out things, pouring out blessings so much that you can't contain them. Pouring out his spirit on you. There's a pouring going on right now in the spirit of God. There's a pouring out going on right now of power. There's a pouring out on us, the church of Jesus Christ. 
He says, I'll pour out my spirit on you. I'll pour it out. I'll pour it out on you, and I'll pour it out on you, and I'll pour it out on you. I'm going to pour it out on everyone that asks for it. Do you want it? Then all you need to do is say, yeah, I want it. I want it poured out on me. But God's got more for you. Who doesn't want a gift, a powerful gift? See, the power of the Holy Spirit is a gift. Pentecost, starting of the church. It's for everyone. Listen to what Jesus has to say about this in Acts 1, 1, uh, Acts 1 4, and 5. Jesus' words are this. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised. You see, the Father has promised us a gift. I know if my mother said, I'm getting a gift. If my father said, I'm getting a gift, I'm getting a gift. I'm sure of that. They would never say to me, Louie, I've got a gift for you. Let me tell you, your heavenly father is not going to say, I've got a gift for you, and then withhold something from you. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. When you've heard me speak about it, for John baptized with water, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. But in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This word spirit in the Greek is pneuma, wind, breeze, breath. The Holy Spirit is the very essence of life. If you can't breathe, you can't live. If you think you can live without the Holy Spirit, you can't live a a spiritual life. You can't break down strongholds and you can't uh, fight with the enemy. You, You can't. You will lose if you do it on your own. If you can breathe, you can live. And if you breathe in and out the breath of God, the Holy Spirit... You'll have power. If you think about every time that you breathe in and out, you think of that pneuma. He said, my spirit. That's the word. If you think about a tire, you think of pneumatic. It's hard to ride on a flat tire. You've seen people do it. You may have done it yourself. There are people who are, who have had a flat. There are people who have a flat, and there are people who are going to have a flat. You in your life, you may experience some spiritual flats. And what you may have to do, the Spirit is there waiting. You may have to do breathing exercises. Before we'd go in a room, we'd be in a stack, you'd breathe. In, hold, out. In, hold, out. It oxygenates your blood. It helps you focus. And then you would go in a room and clear a room right and left and right and left. You've seen it on TV. It's quite difficult in person. But it's not near as scary 
knowing that you're facing things in life that you may need to combat, breathe on. I'm bringing you in, Holy Spirit. I'm going to hold you, Numa, Numa. I'm going to breathe out that very essence of life. So Jesus promised this gift of the Holy Spirit. So see, we're moving from the power of Passover to the power of Pentecost. Where the angel sent by God passed over those who belonged to him. And as we move into Pentecost, what's the big deal? It's power. Listen to Acts 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the world and to the ends of the earth. See, it's about power. Saved, delivered, spirit poured out in Joel, the power in Acts. This word power is a Greek word. It it means power. It means mighty work. You want the power of the Holy Spirit? It means miracles. This power of the Holy Spirit, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. It means power to influence wealth. Tell me we don't need that now. Hundred dollars a tank. We need power to influence wealth. God has got a cattle on a thousand hills. The death angel passed over the people who believed in God and were obedient. We can be in Goshen when all hell is breaking loose around us. It means power to be able to or to be capable of. It says you have the ability to do things. To blow them up like dynamite. So how do you get this gift of power? It's just too simple to believe. It's just too easy. It's, it's like you have to go through this or that to get it. Do you want power to overcome to destroy things that stand in front of you that need to be destroyed? Like Maggie said, don't do something the Holy Spirit doesn't tell you to do. Don't get in an area that you shouldn't be in. Mind your own business, is what Maggie wanted to say today. I know it. I could hear it. Mind your own business. Do what the Spirit says. Acts 2.1. When the day of Pentecost came, that's today. Now, this was thousands of years ago. But I want you to, today, think about this is the day of Pentecost. And if you haven't grabbed onto this power that you have, I want you to grab onto it today. You can just in your mind say, okay, today's Pentecost. They were all together in one place, and we're right here. I want you to have power today. I want you to have power to defeat those things that face you. I want you to have power to confront the things that are before you. I want you to have power to go through what you've got to go through in order to get to the other side. It was after the Passover when Jesus was with his disciples. It's when Pentecost was. It was after Jesus had been betrayed by Judas. It was after he had the trial with Pilate. It was after the crowd cried to crucify him. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. It was after the temple curtain was rent from top to bottom. They were all in one room after Christ arose. 
They were all in one room seven weeks, 50 days after Jesus had risen. They were all together following this Levitical law that said, count off seven weeks, count off 50 days. And they were all in one place. And then suddenly what happened in Acts 2, 2 and 4, it says, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. We've been through thunderstorms, tornadoes, hurricanes. You know, everybody says a tornado sounds like a freight train. So if you can't find a tornado, just go stand by Florida East Coast Railway. <laughs> Tyler and I were fishing one day in, in our canoe in Spruce Creek. We were fishing up underneath the trestle. We were catching fish, and so we didn't want to leave. And you could hear the train come. And you could see the water start shaking before it ever got there. And that thing as it came roared by just kind of took your breath away. Yeah. It's that power. It was like a forcible sound. The Hebrew translation uses the word ruach. The sound of a roaring lion. That sound petrifies animals. It's the sound of the Lion of Judah. It can be the sound of trumpets blowing. The shofar. The sound that was blown when the shofars blew. Remember on the seventh day, seventh time around the walls of Jericho, as the people gave a long shout, the shofars were blown. They routed the biggest obstacle that they had, Jericho. It's a sound. A sound of a mighty rushing wind. You need to listen for it. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We can't sometimes know how God works. But a spirit is power. It's the mysteries that God have for us if we'll just grab hold. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, As it is written, What no eye has seen, no what ear has heard, or what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. See, God's Spirit has been waiting on us. We're not waiting on him. He's, he's waiting on us. Yeah. Listen in Genesis 1-2. I want you to know he's been waiting in Genesis for us. Look at what it says. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. As that train came by, we saw the water shaking. The sound of it was overcoming. I want you to know that the Spirit of God, it didn't just start at Pentecost. The Spirit of God has been hovering over creation. He created us. He's been hovering over us. 
The Spirit of God has been hovering over us forever and ever. And while we're all together in one room, the Spirit of God came. Listen. This hovering, it was hovering in Genesis. His Spirit, pneuma, ruach, breath. It was breathed into Adam. God's Spirit rested on the prophets. He gave His Spirit to David, and He took it away from Saul. God's Spirit is waiting for you. In Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, the death and resurrection of Jesus, the Spirit of God entered, and it's never left. It hasn't gone anywhere. The Spirit of God is here. You want the power of the Holy Spirit? That day in that room where they were gathered, the Holy Spirit filled them. And then Peter went and preached. Saved 3,000 people. And Peter preached, quoting the prophet Joel and explaining this simple truth. Peter replied in Acts 2, 38 and 39, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you've given your life to Christ, you've got the Holy Spirit. Don't let anybody deceive you. Don't think, well, I've given my life to Christ, but, you know, I've got to do a little bit more in order to get the Spirit. I've got to, you know, I've got to work a little harder. I've got to be a little better. It says, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39 says, the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. You see, God has got this call out. And he sent this call out, the book, the call. He sent this call out from before the beginning of the earth. And he sent it out for us. As he hovered over the water, he sent this sound out. And he's been calling us and calling us and calling us. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promises for you and your children. On the day of Pentecost, the church of Jesus Christ was started with the power of the Holy Spirit. 3,000 were saved, delivered, and set free. Saved. Sozo. Delivered. Healed. Set free. Just like the captives were. So are those that now call on the name of the Lord. All you need to do is believe you have it. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing with faith in Galatians 3? You see, the law set the timing of Pentecost. The Levitical law just set the timing of it. The Holy Spirit set free the power of Pentecost. It's a gift for everyone. Listen to Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For it's by the grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not by works, so anyone can boast. Don't you know that you're God's sanctuary and the Spirit of God lives in you? If you've given your life to Christ, you're God's sanctuary. And His Spirit lives in you. And it's power, the power of Pentecost. I hope the 
day of Pentecost is never the same for you again. I hope the day of Pentecost that you'll begin to right now say, yeah, I've got the power. I've got the spirit. It's the essence of life. John 3, 8 says this. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And you know, you don't have to know everything about the Bible. Listen to John fourteen twenty six. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. Let's pray. God, Heavenly Father, help us to be confident that you gave us your Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that we don't have to work for it. We don't have to follow a set of rules. We don't have to live a perfect life to get it. It's a gift. And Father, as you've hovered over us, your creation, Father, you say you knew us before we were even born. Father, as you hover over us, help us to see, sense, and feel the power of your Spirit in us. Help us begin to boldly go where we haven't gone before. Give us boldness in witness. Give us boldness in confronting truth. Give us boldness as we step out for those that are all around us. The fields are white, God. Help us to see where we need to go being led by your Spirit. We don't know where it comes from or where it goes. Such are those who are led by the Spirit. Father, help us today to let go of ourselves, to call on your name, and let your Spirit lead us where we should go, what we should say, what we should do, and how we should do it. And Father, more than anything is that mighty, the sound of that mighty rushing wind rushed into that room where they were all together. Father, may it rush into our lives right now. May we accept the power that you have given us freely. May we take it in, Father, breathe it in, and believe that we've got it. We say that now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 What we're going to do now is we're going to have communion. You know, communion, it was done when they were all together in one room. And Jesus talked about this communion. And he talked about how we should do this often in remembrance of him. The way we do it here is we pass out the elements. And then we wait and do it all at one time. So the ushers will direct you. Thank you. There's a juice and a cracker. Now, you're not obligated to do this. It's not like, well, if I don't take communion, there's something really wrong with me. It is an ordinance of the church. It is an ordinance of Jesus Christ. And what he wants us to do is to understand what this means, this coming together. The Bible talks about 
when we have communion, that we should examine ourselves. We should think about what it is. And today I'd ask you to think about where you might have limited and where I might have limited, we together, the church, the gathering, where we've limited the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I also want you to ponder and think about as you reconcile it with yourself. What God would have you to do with his power this day. As an uncertain world, a changing world, examine yourself. Say, God, where can I use you today? Where do you want me to go today? Hallelujah. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was with his disciples. He took the cup, which represents his blood, that was shed for us, for all of us. He took the cup and he said, this is the blood of the New Testament. Drink this in remembrance of me. There's power in the blood. The same night he took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it. He said, this is my body. Take, eat, remember. I hope today that God has blessed you. I hope today that you can get a hold of the Holy Spirit in your life. That he'll help you knock down, overcome, walk through, even approach what he had of you approach. Dear God, I thank you today for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you that salvation is so easy that we just ask and we believe. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Hallelujah.